0: Coming at you from the EBITDA Growth System Studios, looking out at the beautiful Rocky Mountains. My name is Dave Kapkiewicz, and I'm with Mike Watkins, and we want to welcome you to the Making Business Profitable podcast. This podcast is brought to you by EBITDA Growth Systems, where we guarantee you to double the value of your company within three years or give you your money back. Good day, hey, Dave. Good day, Mike. How are you?
1: I'm doing all right. Uh, I got to tell you, though, I um, talked to my mom. She lives in Florida. And it was 79 degrees when I was talking to her on, a, yeah, on Valentine's Day because she's my Valentine. And it was minus 4 here at the time, here in Colorado.
0: So, Ooh, that was without the wind chill. I think yesterday it was like minus 14 or minus 17 with the wind chill.
1: Yeah, I was going to pack up and go home. Just Carolyn, you can come with me if you want. (laughs) And then I get a call from my daughter who lives in Houston, and she's like, "We got snow down here. What's going on?" And I said, "Well, you can move the grandma's. You know, it's it's eighty degrees (laughs) down here."
0: I could probably swing by and grab you. We just drive along the coast. Totally, totally. Oh my goodness! So, So, uh, guess this is hitting the whole
1: nation, man. It's
0: it's pretty cold. It's cold. I'm uh, I'm glad it's going to go from minus four or five yesterday to I'm supposed to get up to like 21 today, and I'm looking forward to to it warming up. The sun's out. It's always sunny in Colorado, so I'll take the sun. It does warm it up pretty good. But uh, so well, what are we talking about today, Dave? That's so what I was getting at, Mike. You know, what are we talking about? I think today today it's talk about blind spots.
1: Blind spots. Yeah, I think. I think everybody has them, but certainly the small and medium sized business owner has
0: them yep, I would agree. I think small to medium sized business owners um they they lace up their boots, they get ready, they go to work, and they work really hard and I think um as small as a small business owner in the past, I think I focused on a few things that uh that I should have focused on, but I didn't focus on a few things I really should have focused on as well, yeah. So where
1: do you want to start?
0: Well, I think uh, EBITDA Growth Systems are profitability specialists, so let's talk about gross margin.
1: I think that is a good start. Um, first of all, I don't think a lot of small to medium-sized business owners understand the concept of gross margin, and they uh, don't distinguish it from net profits, and, and that's, a, that's a fatal error because if you don't concentrate on gross margin, you never get the net profit. And in fact, everyone we see when we first started working with them or when we we're reviewing their financials, you have single digit net profits and the reason why you have single digit net profits is because you don't have adequate gross margin. Yeah. So,
0: go. why don't you give a good explanation of what gross margin is, Mike?
1: Well, gross margin is uh, what you have left after you've uh, factored in the uh, the cost of production. So. If you're a lemonade stand, it's the lemons, the labor, the sugar, the water, and... uh, The cups. Can't forget the cups. Yeah, the cups. All those things are cost of goods sold. So you sell the cup of lemonade for 10 cents, and then you're going to have 7 cents of cost in order to produce that that cup of lemonade. And so your gross margin then is 3 cents.
0: 3 cents. Mm -hmm. And if uh, grandma's charging you... $0.04 $0.04 cents a cup to be in their front yard, you're losing net profit, you're aren't you? losing that profit. But if grandma's yeah. nice and she only charges you a penny a cup, that means you're making $0.02 cents of net profit, right? Yeah, and if that's what
1: you set out to make, woohoo! But, you know, if it's really difficult. If it's 200 degrees outside, okay. If it's 120 degrees outside because you're in uh, um, Arizona, um, $0.02, two cents may not be enough. You know, for that hard work and that hot sun. So, you know, I I think uh, net profit is uh, is not something that you just hope happens. You have to plan for net profit and work yourself back up.
0: Yep. I'll tell you what. It's uh, when you get up in the morning and you get after your shop. You you have a customer gives you a part, and we'll just we'll just call that part uh, or that group of parts. You're going to make ten thousand dollars in revenue on it and oftentimes we get our mind wrapped around that revenue man i'm making 10 grand on that but uh, you got to remember your material your labor your tooling if you're a machine shop um, your shop supplies all that stuff might be five grand that leaves five thousand dollars in gross margin left and if you have twenty thousand dollars a month in rent because you got a big building well that now you've just made one quarter what you need just to pay your rent that's not then you need enough to pay your rent, your utilities, your phone. You can't do business really without internet anymore. If you have somebody up front answering the phones for you or entering invoices, you have your accountant that you have once a year, do your taxes, all that stuff. you gotta you got to make enough of that. So the you need to pay yourself. Yeah. Well, that's without paying yourself, right? Yeah. So that $10,000 job great, but you're going to need 15, 20, 30 of those a month to get where you need to get. To, for your business, so don't ever take your eye off a gross margin, or net profit. But uh, another one uh, you have up there, Mike, is additional employee cost. What do you What do you mean by that?
1: So you know when uh, you know you go, yeah I got, I got Jim Bob and Jim Bob costs me thirty five dollars an hour. So I uh, use thirty five dollars an hour to uh, to do my quote. Well. Jim Bob doesn't really cost you $35 an hour. Jim Bob probably costs you 1.35 times $35 an hour because you have uh, unemployment insurance, you have workers' comp, you have payroll taxes, you may have benefits.
0: I mean, you, If you have benefits, uh, often I, I use 1.55 times, yeah, yeah. Uh, depending on what kind of benefits you're giving an employee. So we, you and I had
1: a, a spirited discussion about... Uh, Fully burdened. Uh, I didn't like the word burdened because I didn't know whether everyone would understand that word, but I think it's the right word. Right? It's a. It's we talk about a loaded rate or a fully burdened rate. So it's not just the direct labor rate, but it's the fully burdened rate that includes all those other things. And that's right. And you have to decide what your multiplier is, but somewhere between one point three five and one point five five.
0: Yeah, if you have a twenty dollar an hour employee. Um, Oftentimes that guy or that man or woman might cost you $30 an hour it just, I mean, you got to remember, I mean, a lot of what, what people that aren't self-employed or people that don't own a company, what they might not know is, is oftentimes you have social security, right? So sure, sure. we have, we all have social security held out of our check. Well, it is the employee, employer's duty to match your social security. So if I have $500 a week out of my social security, well, the employer has to chip in $500 a week too. That's right. Well, that's not part of your $20 an hour right? That's of your base rate, but it needs to be added to it so I know how much this person actually cost, right? Sure, sure. Because otherwise I might not have anything to put in my pocket at the end of the day. Yeah,
1: so that's why it's so important just to figure out what what number you're going to use. That's right. And just kind of settle in on it. what, what what other blind spots um, come to mind for you, Dave?
0: I think a lot of times um, small business owners have employees, and small business owners get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to get to their shop. They work till 7, 8 o'clock at night. They care immensely about their company. They think about the best way to do things, and they have their way of doing things. But uh, oftentimes I think the employer thinks that the employee thinks – should care, should work just like them. Um, And that's a tough one.
1: Yeah, that is a tough one because, I mean, if you look at some of the uh, research, something like 25 to 27% of your employees are actively engaged and maybe willing to work as hard as you work or, um, you know, something approximating that. But that being 75% of your workforce is... uh, either just there for a paycheck or worse, and so you know, as an owner, you're probably expecting way more out of your workforce than you're actually going to get.
0: Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think it's fair to, uh, it, to write a good job description for an employee and expect them to do quality work, but it's not fair to, for you to expect them to work 16, 17, 18 hours a day. Um, and it's not really fair for you or the employee to imagine that the employee is going to think just like you do. So I think it's important to know that uh, you got to communicate really well, lay out the plan, and hold them accountable to executing that plan. But you got to do that for them, right? So, and, and you can do that, but employees are not owners, they're employees.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, I, and that's such an important distinction. And, um, you know, they, it's important to know that your employees think that you're making a ton of money when they... You know. Oh, they do. Yeah. So, the, you know, when you ask them, hey, you got to work harder. You know, I work hard. They're like, well, you making a ton of money.
0: Because you're an owner. Because all owners make all kinds sure, of money.
1: Sure, sure. You know, and so the fact of the matter is you, you probably aren't making a lot of money. They might be making more money than you, but... Um, <laughs> that
0: happens a lot, actually. That happens
1: a lot. Yeah, yeah.
0: But, I mean, it's, uh, you know, owners, some small business owners have these blind spots but the employees have even bigger blind spots. They don't think of your rent, your utilities, and all the things that you have to carry below the line in your OPEX. So it, the more blind spots you have, the more unknowns and the more reason to get frustrated. Sure, sure. But uh, what else do we have here? I mean, Well, I don't know. I
1: mean, you, you know, I'm a small business owner. You're telling me I need to perhaps charge more so that I get the gross margin that I need to cover my operating expenses and have some net profit. And I want double-digit net profit. So it starts with, hey, you know, you might need to charge more money. Well, my clients aren't going to let me
0: charge more money, are they? You know what? Clients want you to be profitable. Clients want you to be reliable. Clients want you to be dependable. And you can't be dependable if you're not going to be there tomorrow. So I think clients want you to make a fair wage. I mean, I think just as we love our employees and we want our employees to make a fair wage, our, our clients they do care or they should care about us making a profit and being there tomorrow. And it starts with you. You need to care whether you're making a profit and if no one else cares, you need to care to protect your business, to protect your family, to protect your employees. And then the customer should care too. And a lot of them do, you know, um, we've seen it many times where, um, a machine shop has gone back to their clients and said, you know, I need to raise prices and then look at the person and say, you know, I've been kind of waiting for you to do that.
1: Sure, sure. <laughs> well, I think, you know, what happens uh, is when you increase your prices and maybe you tend towards the upper end of that scale um, for that customer um, buying that product then you have a, an affirmative duty to give them a high-quality product, you have an affirmative duty to to hit their schedule, and you have an affirmative duty to um, provide them with a workforce that is engaged so that when they call your office, they're not getting cursed out, they're not getting put on hold. I mean, so you can't just increase your prices and say, take that. I mean, you have to up your entire game if you're going to increase your prices. Yeah,
0: Yeah. let's back into this for a second. I mean, if you're a... If you're a customer and you go to your number one client, or your number one vendor, um, put that on the shelf. Now I'm the number one vendor in the area. You think I'm making money?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: So if I'm the number one vendor and I keep my employees long term. I mean, the best companies is want to model herself after making money, right? Absolutely. And if you're making money, you're investing back into continuous improvement. You're investing in the quality equipment. You're investing into bringing on the higher end people. And you're investing back into your business. But you can't do that unless you make profit. So therefore, you wind up performing better than the person who doesn't do that. And you also need quality employees as well. So with all those expenses, you have to be able to make money. And at 50 bucks an hour you're barely making the equipment pay payment, let alone all the OPEX that goes with it. Right, Mike?
1: Yeah, Dave. Um, this brings to mind, when I worked and lived in Washington, D.C., you'd get off the train, and there'd be someone there selling you a knockoff Rolex or a knockoff Brightling or something. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it looked good. I mean, it, it, these were great-looking watches, but, you know, it'd be $30, $50. And... Uh, you know, you you have to be beyond an idiot to think that you're going to get a Breitling or a Rolex for, for $30. Yeah, you're just not. I mean, you're it's the same.
0: Not. You know, everyone, you'll buy something on the bottom of something that has a made-in-China sticker, and you kind of look at it and say, how long is this going to last? Is it going to last? Some, every once in a while, these things last for a long time, and oftentimes they break, and they don't last as much as if you would have spent a little bit more money to begin with, and got something quality, right?
1: Well, that's the point I'm making. I mean, I think your 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 vendors, your your customers, understand that if if you're thirty dollars an hour, they're going they're not going to get a Rolex.
0: Well, they know that the that the vendor that provides good parts on time all the time, well, they cost a little bit more than the next guy. Sure, sure. You know why that is? Because they know their cost and they know what the value of their of their product is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we have great tools to help a company understand their real cost structure. And, it's, and, and and then you can price properly when you understand your cost structure. But if you just base your price on what you think the market will bear, you're probably wrong, first of all, as to what the market will bear. But they, there may be no semblance to what your actual cost structure is.
0: Yeah, and, and it all boils down to one word, you value. You have value. You need to value what you have. If you can deliver something fast, you have additional value. If you can deliver something complex, you have additional value. If you have tremendous customer support, you have additional value. And that means those three things are just three examples of profit, profit, profit. You got to make profit. But one of the tools that we have and we talk about is, you know, if if let's just talk about machine shops for a second because we're on this. And you have 10 spindles in your shop. 10 machines, all of them have one spindle. Okay, so those 10 machines, one spindle, and say you work one shift. Say you only have one shift. So you work eight hours, five days a week. The trick of it is, is you have to make sure that all 10 of those spindles run. And out of those spindles, you are charging for all eight hours of the day for all 10 spindles. Now you're getting 80 hours you can bill for in one day, right? Right. So just just make your math really easy. Say it's a hundred dollars. That's eight thousand dollars a day, right?
1: Sure. If if your billable rate is
0: if your billable rate is is a hundred dollars. So yes. how how do I know a hundred dollars is right, Mike? I mean, it's so if I have a hundred and fifty thousand dollar machine, and that you're going to find that's going to be pretty close. But if I have a six or seven hundred thousand dollar machine on my floor. I better be billing like $150, $250 an hour for that to, to figure out what that is. So we have tools, like you said, that kind of help you calculate what you should be billing for on every piece of equipment where you have the right rate of return. Um, but you have to make sure that that your spindles are running, and when they're running, you're billing for them. If you have 10 spindles, and they only run two hours a day each, now you only have 20 hours a day you can bill for. Sure
1: and if you're a it's construction immense. company or a law firm or a CPA firm you replace spindles with labor so how many people do you have
0: with labor with lawnmowers, right yeah. or yeah. with with whatever whatever you have out there generating revenue you need those you need to be able to bill for all the hours they run sure
1: sure sure and well, then so
0: that. and then someone says and then another blind spot's capacity i have 8 hours my capacity is only 40 hours a week no, there's hundred and sixty some hours in a week. That's your capacity. You could always add a shift, before you spend another two or three hundred thousand dollars on a machine. There are ways to get the most juice from the squeeze out of your shop, right? Sure, sure. But yeah. but uh, yeah, just there's there's a lot of things you really got to pay attention to to make uh, to make profit.
1: Yeah. So when we talk about blind spots, these are things that uh, you may not know, but others may know particularly a coach, you know, someone who's been there, done that. And so the coach provides you with that dust free mirror and uh, kind of illuminates the blind spot. And then you as the business owner get to make some decisions around that. So that's what we're all about. Uh, our dust free mirror is in the context of profitability. It's bottom-line profit, money that you take home.
0: At the end of the day, and we want to bring these blind spots to your attention because you might have one or two. You might know someone who has one or two, and we want to shine a light on those. Just like Mike said, we want to be your dust for a mirror. We'd love to coach you. We'd love to engage you with some of our tools to help get you there. You know how to reach out to us. Um, you can always look at our stuff at EBITIGrowSystems.com and check out this podcast there as well. But uh, we want you to be profitable. We want to reduce a little bit of stress in your life. We want you to have a good family-to-work balance, and to do that, you need to have money. You need to be able to make money from your business to take some of that stress off. And uh, we want to support you any way we can. So remove the blind spots and charge forward to make another day profitable. Right on the day. Right on, Mike. We at EBITDA Growth Systems do what we do to impact lives through improving business performance. To get access to our content or engage us in any way, you can reach our contact page or any of our information on our website at www.ebitagrowthsystems.com.